Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It is roundtable time. Fun time of the week every Friday, 2.15. And today we have an award winner and somebody who knows award winners. But I will say one day, maybe, he'll be an award winner too. He certainly does a good enough job. Uh, let's bring in the award winner, North Carolina's reigning sports writer of the year. He is Brendan Marks from The Athletic, uh, basketball writer extraordinaire. I thank you very much for your time. And uh, you know Josh Graham from Sports Hub Triad at Josh Graham Radio on Twitter, who I will predict will one day be the North Carolina sportscaster of the year. We're working towards that, Josh. How are you, man? Um, I hope to be like Brenda Marks. People don't know this, but the only reason I wear big frame glasses is because of Brendan. That's how much of an inspiration he that, is. To me. That's a lot of pressure on you, Brendan. It, it is a lot of pressure, and I hate that that's my claim to fame. Uh, but I guess I guess it's better than some other things. But I, Josh is going to get there very soon. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's have some fun. We have, I think, two of our matchups this week are like wheelhouse games for all of us. So let's start with the one that will go on the court first as Duke plays at Wake Forest. Brendan, is there a way to uh, minimize how critical a game this is for the Demon Deacons? No, not really. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, even I would say even a couple of weeks ago, Wake Forest, this is one of those games the Demon Deacons had circled because they they are as much of a bubble team, I think, as, as probably any team in the ACC. One of the, like, if you're looking for a double, bubble team nationally, Wake Forest is as good a team that fits that description because mm-hmm. all of the advanced metrics say this is a tournament team. All of the individual stats say this is a tournament team. And yet you're still kind of waiting for the resume to catch up and, and sol- solidly say, yes, this team is going to be playing in March Madness. So uh, obviously being able to beat Duke at home, that is the caliber of win that the Deeks have been missing. I know that they've gotten a couple of quad ones. Uh, the fact that they beat Florida continues to look better and better. But they need to beat a really good team in their league, and, and this is good an opportunity they're going to have. As of yesterday, I believe they had just the one quad one win. That Florida win was basically it. They don't have any others unless uh, unless the net was uh, was wrong or unless I looked at the wrong column. Uh, Josh, is would it be, would it benefit Wake Forest if the football committee was picking the basketball teams <laughs> since they could just say, hey, the eye test tells me, who would you not want to play? Because that's what we ask ourselves. Who would we not want to play, which is some uh, high-level BS, uh, because the spreadsheet tells us that Wake hasn't accomplished anything. Past national championships. Can't leave the SEC out. Right. Am I right? Yes. Uh, I, I think um, Wake Forest reminds me of an old bit that the comedian Daniel Tosh used to have Ooh. where he was discussing, like, parents who describe their kids as, he's so smart, but he doesn't test well. Oh, so you mean he's stupid. You know the part that you're supposed to tell me what you know. Wake basketball, like, like Brenda described, 
analytics darling. And when you watch him play, you see maybe the best backcourt in the ACC, certainly one of the best that are out there, but you got to have the resume to go along with it. And this is the one game we can talk about, oh, the Florida win ages well, and maybe Virginia creeps into the top 30 and wakes win against them in January is going to end up being that. And who knows, maybe Clemson in the regular season finale they got at the Joel could be a quad one win as well. But this is the one quad one that Wake has left that you know guaranteed without a shadow of a doubt is going to hold up as a quad one on Selection Sunday, and that's why you've got to get it. It's as simple as Wake needs to win tomorrow, and they're in, unless they go one and four down the stretch, or one and three, pardon me. And they're in? And they're in, unless they collapse the rest of the way, which I don't, again, if they go one and three after that, sure, but I think two and two after a win against Duke and a win in D.C. is enough to get Wake Forest through because of all the other analytics and such. If they lose this game, Adam, they will have to win out. They have to win at Virginia Tech. They'll have to win at Notre Dame. They'll have to beat Clemson and hope it holds up as a quad one and then probably do something at D.C. That's how big I believe this game is tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I'll, I'll just push back. I don't believe it's a if they win, they're in, or if they lose, they're out situation. Uh, there are other opportunities. Winning on the road would uh, would be very nice. Um, Brendan, what does this mean for Duke? Because they have actually been, I, I don't even know if it's sneaky anymore. I've, I've, I mentioned this the other day. Uh, they had won 11 of 12 and literally all around the country. What's wrong with Duke? Uh, like, wait a second. They'd won 11 of 12. They've, they've lost twice in their last, I think, what is it? Uh, 17 games. The, the loss, or not, maybe not 17, maybe it is 17. The loss to uh, Carolina and the loss at home to Pitt. Every, they've won every, they've won other, their other six road games in a row. But what does this game mean to the Blue Devils? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's 18 out of 20 now that Duke has won. Okay. And, you know, five straight, obviously, you know, obliterated Miami on Wednesday. Again, I understand that the Hurricanes were shorthanded. Um, but to me, like, this, if, if you're Duke right now, you're tied atop the ACC standings with UNC. Obviously, the Tar Heels have the tiebreaker right now. But, like, you have to win this game to kind of keep pace. And, again, you know, it's going to be a tough game for North Carolina. We're going to get into that, I'm sure. Uh, Tar Heels haven't won at Virginia since 2012. But if you're Duke, this is a must-have game for you, too. This is a game that potentially improves your seeding. But also, if you actually want to win the ACC regular season, uh, would be the first time under John Shire. would be the first time for Hubert Davis, too. If you want to win that, you've got to win this game because otherwise the Tar Heels have an opportunity to go one game ahead, and obviously you know that last game of Cameron is going to matter. So this, this is not a game like for Duke. You know, this, this is still an opportunity for them to go and prove that they can beat a tournament team on the road. You know, Duke has all of these impressive wins now. They've beaten Clemson. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, they obliterated Miami, beat Wake Forest at home. Going on the road and beating what I think is a tournament caliber team, and, we, mm-hmm. you know, I know we just discussed them on the bubble, but going and doing that would be really impressive to me. Right now, Ken Palm has it as a 50-50 game, a true tiebreaker, yep. projects Duke to win by one point. I-, I anticipate it's going to be that close, but for multiple reasons, this is a game that Duke you know, maybe doesn't need to have, um, but certainly would like to if it wants to accomplish all of its various goals. Brendan Marks and Josh Graham are joining us here on the roundtable today on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, am, 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 I, am I crazy? Am I imagining how we discuss every loss 
among ACC schools, especially those who we believe are tournament teams. So, like Virginia, a week ago, uh, I was looking at, I don't know, it's either Jerry Palm or Joe Lenardi bracketology, which isn't necessarily super accurate, but they're, they're not as far off as people think. Uh, and they've got, like, Virginia as, like, a 6 or a 7. Then they go and they lose to Virginia Tech. And granted, they got smoked by Virginia Tech. And all of a sudden, like, their last four in. Like, do we do we not believe that it's okay to lose to a good team? Maybe not a great team, but a good team on the road in conference play? What is, is the perception of the ACC that trash, Brendan? I don't. I don't quite buy into that. I mean, the perception of the ACC nationally is trash. I think that the, the hate has gone. You know, I'm not saying the ACC is the best league in the country because it's not. But people saying like, you know, one bid, two bid ACC, like that's ludicrous. That's right. that's not in any way representative of how good the league is. At the same time, as it pertains to Virginia specifically, you, you got to remember this is a team that basically any time it left John Paul Jones Arena, you know, before the new year and even after the new year was getting blown out, on yeah. the road, getting absolutely destroyed, and goes on an eight game winning streak, kind of turns around and saves its season. Um, you know, was able to win at Clemson that one point mm-hmm. win was the only one in that stretch over a true tournament team, but still eight straight wins has to count for something. It, it's the fact that Virginia we're now in late February and. Virginia, I don't think, is like truly in danger of missing the tournament unless things continue bottoming out. But this team is not anywhere near as consistent as I think a lot of us thought that they would be, mm-hmm. um, even considering all the new faces and all the new pieces they have. This is the fewest minutes continuity that a Virginia team has had in the last decade. And so, yeah, there were always going to be those bumps early in the year. I think it's the fact that they are still happening and to drastic measures. I mean, that was the worst ACC loss of the Tony Bennett era on Monday. <laughs> um it's the extent to which that I think gives some people pause. And quite frankly, I kind of agree with them there. I don't, I don't think that a team that's, you know, losing by 34 or whatever it is, uh, you know, deserves to necessarily be on the sixth line or whatever it was. Well, I mean, th- that's probably uh, overrating them, uh, you know, to a large extent anyway, right? So uh, I don't think they were ever that good. But when you've won, what was it, nine in a row, whatever the number was, they had won so many in a row, and some of those are also – uh, away from home, even if they're not against tournament teams, hard to win. In the, I just think it's hard to win conference games on the road. No matter, I don't even care if you're playing against the bad team. Although maybe it's not that hard to win at Louisville. Uh, ask Notre Dame, who only won by whatever that number was. Uh, Josh, I'll let I'll give you the floor and tell us how underrated the ACC is. It's underrated if you are talking to somebody again who has the ludicrous opinion of two-bid or even three-bid. Yeah, we're going to talk to J- uh, John Rothstein next week. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I, some, would, some wish he might wish it. No, no, it's fine. In March, it's fine. Maybe. Maybe it'll not be, it'll be fun. But anyway, get it. I mean, Virginia, I don't think... Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. i got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I, I, I think Virginia's fraudulent just because 
I you they did win eight in a row, but you start examining the teams that they played. They haven't played Duke of Carolina yet this year. Right. And as Brendan pointed out, you look at the way they played on the road, they were getting smoked in late December, early January, and then they got smoked at Virginia Tech. That's still a team that deserves to be in the tournament because of the way that they scheduled early on in the season. They beat Texas A&M, who many uh, bracketologists have in, and they beat them convincingly in that game as well. They have good wins. They won at Little John Coliseum by a point. So they're certainly good enough to get in, and that's a testament to Tony Bennett. Overall, for the league, though, it is strange how some of these fifth, sixth, seventh teams in the Big East, for example, get looked at side-by-side, say, with the ACC with Wake Forest and Pittsburgh and how when they lose games, it does seem to be this indictment that's not there when there are road losses no. that teams in the Big East and the Big 12 have. I that, do that's how deep the Big East is. That's how deep the Big 12 is. That's why the, That's the narrative. I buy it with the Big 12 because they've done it in March, and it's more than one team that's done it in March. Um, when you talk about Houston getting to the Final Four and Baylor cutting down nets, and, of course, what Kansas has done, that's all warranted. With the Big East, other than UConn, I'm sorry, but, like, the resume isn't quite there of what you do in March when it matters most versus the ACC. And when you get past UConn, and look at the next three, four teams in the Big East and put them side-by-side side with the next three, four teams in the ACC. There is not much drop-off there at all, but the perception of that drop-off is huge. Yeah, no, the, I, and perception does matter. Uh, also, the fact that we keep talking about these, and I, it bothers me during games when I listen, uh, and they say, this is a great quad one opportunity. Like, <laughs> It just we have to we have to stop. We have to look so and see. Joe and already doing a video well, going into a break when Pitt's playing Wake. Essentially saying, "You guys, this game doesn't really matter." Yeah, it's it, urinating on the game. Yeah, I, and it's it's their game, right? They don't just just don't show the game. Just just or just do do that at halftime unless you're running a canned piece. Um, real quick, would you like would you guys like to uh, to uh, pick those two games? Uh, Josh, who you got at uh, Duke at Wake, Carolina at Virginia? I wouldn't overthink the game at JPJ. I get that people think this is this great house of horrors, but Pittsburgh won there last week by double digits, and Wake nearly won there, losing by two points. Virginia, if it's a tight game, you don't trust them at the free throw, uh, free throw line. They haven't played Duke or Carolina yet, two best teams in the league, and you could argue the only two teams that they've played this year or are set to play this year that are better than them. So I'm going to go with North Carolina. I don't think it'll be a route because you can't really route Virginia, especially in that place. But I think Carolina wins. And uh, I think it's a great game in Winston-Salem. And I think it's this season feels like it's kind of been building to this point for Wake Forest. It's the first sellout that they're going to have at the Joel in seven years, the largest crowd of the Steve Forbes tenure. And that feels fitting because Wake Forest has not been to the NCAA tournament in seven years where Danny Manning lost in the first four with John Collins and company. So I think that symmetry is there. I think Wake Forest, who if Efton Reed doesn't get in foul trouble the way that he did at Cameron last week, leading to Mark Mitchell Mm -hmm. and Kyle Filipowski each going for 20-plus, if he's able to stay in the game longer, I think Wake Forest probably wins that game at Cameron, which was tight already. I think Wake wins a close game at home against the Blue Ducks. Brendan, you want to take a stab at those? 
Yeah, I, I think like there's something innate in me that is preventing me from saying the words I agree with you, Josh Graham. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I, I I will agree I will agree with part of what Josh says. Um, I think that when you're talking about North Carolina and Virginia, uh, not only is North Carolina a team that I think is just better than Virginia. I think that they're a deeper team. I think that they have more ways they can beat you. I think that they've shown that throughout the course of the season. I also think that we're underrating how valuable this week has been for North Carolina. Um, Mm -hmm. I was talking to a couple of coaches last week, and the thing that they brought up to me that, you know, regular fans probably don't think as much about just in like the, the grind of the season is when you're playing three games in six days, when you've got a Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. you don't really have a lot of time to work on yourself. You have a day to prep for one game, a day to prep for another, then you got a day off and you got a day prep. Like you are not really improving what you do so much as you are trying to survive. Um, So when you do have those bye weeks, when you do have a full week off to work on yourself, those are some of the most valuable points in the season. And I think for North Carolina, you know, they basically split their last six games. This is a team that looked like it needed some rest. It looked like they needed to do some tightening, especially on the defensive end. Um, They were one of the best defenses in the country back around the turn of the calendar, and that has slipped the past couple of games. I think we're underrating how valuable this week will be for North Carolina getting back to the level it was a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, again, I'm with Josh there. I'm going with North Carolina. However, uh, I'm going to go with Duke in in the other game, Duke over Wake Forest. And the reason I say that is because I still don't think that we've seen the best for Duke. And I still have not seen uh, enough from Wake Forest in these types of games, in the games that matter, in the games where they definitely need the quad one, um, where they've actually been able to pull those out. And I think we saw, you know, the past couple of games with Duke, like what Jaron McCain was able to do at Florida State, what the entirety of the roster was able to do at Miami. Um, Duke is still getting much, much better. And like Josh is talking about, if Efton Reed gets in foul trouble, that very quickly presents a difficult situation for the Demon Deacon. So I think that Wake could win that game. I would not be surprised if Wake did that win that game. But I think Duke is the better team. And until Wake actually shows me that it's capable of winning one of those must-have games, I'm going to go with the better team. And in that case, this is Duke. All right, finally. Friendly, friendly, friendly wager at uh, putters on that. We'll make it happen the next time you're in Wake. Oh, a friendly wager. Very nice, which I will be those. soon legal. Uh, in the state of North Carolina. Final question. <laughs> Final question for both Brendan Marks and Josh Graham. Is DJ Horn a first-team All-ACC player, Brendan? Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at no, he's not, and that's no disrespect to DJ Horn, but there are just too many 
really, really good players on teams that are better. And I think if you look at what DJ Horn is doing individually, it's been incredible. Uh, but for me personally, I value players who put up comparable numbers on teams that are having more success. So, I mean, I could see both Duke and North Carolina getting two players on the first team. Wow. You've got Hunter Salas to deal with. You've got PJ Hall to deal with. You've got Reese Beekman to deal with Ryan Dunn. Like, you know, that's just off the top of my head. I can think of a bunch of other guys. So DJ is certainly in that mix. I think he will be on one of the teams, but he's not first team for me. Josh. I have a lot of difficulty separating DJ Horn, Blake Henson and Judah Mintz kind of all in categories mm-hmm. of teams that have lost uh, 10, 11 games this year. And what they all have in common is they've put up great numbers, but if you watch them play, they don't really elevate others around them as well as some of the others that are getting first-team consideration, like a Kyle Filipowski, like a Hunter Salas, like a Reese Beekman, who leads the ACC in assists, and of course is the reigning ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I, I don't see great defensive play from those three guys either. So give me a guy who tries on defense and Reese Beekman. Give me a guy in Hunter Salas who elevates everybody on the court for Wake Forest and, as Brendan pointed out, plays for better teams as well. All that factors in. I do think all three of those guys are going to be recognized on all ACC teams, but first team, I don't think so. All right, I'll just uh, just playing devil's advocate, I personally, for for things like this, we were talking about MVP or maybe even Player of the Year. I would certainly be more weighted towards good teams, teams that played meaningful games. And I shouldn't say that because State is playing meaningful games. These games all matter. Um, but uh, I don't think that matters to first team uh, versus second team. Uh, and he is alone. It's amazing to me that he is able to do this because I, certainly last few weeks, if he's not making the shot, the shot doesn't appear that it's going to be made. But let me ask you this: Who do you bump out between? Oh, I'm not. Adams, I'm, I'm not advocating. Oh, I'm not okay. advocating that he is a first teamer. I, I was just saying, just looking at the the challenge that he has in front of him is different from the challenges that all of those other guys have. Like they've got help, and right now, and it's been this way for about three weeks. You know, there's nobody really helping. DJ Bur- DJ Burns is really more of a drag than he is a help, I believe. Uh, it's just been occasional Casey Morsell or Jaden Taylor. It just hasn't been any help for DJ Horn. And the guy is dragging this team uh, into contention in games. But, again, I'm not advocating that he is a first-teamer. I just asked the question. Try, yeah, try, makes sense. try to ask provocative questions if I could. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> this was uh, fun. Brendan Marks uh, at Brendan R. Marks on Twitter. The reigning current, although not yet uh, with award in hand, because that doesn't happen until June, North Carolina Sports Writer of the Year. And Josh Graham, who, who will be there at the at the hotel bar. I know this. Uh, and one day will have an award uh, because we support him. Uh, Josh Graham Radio on Twitter. Thank you both for doing this. Long reign the king. <laughs> Mark. Long reign the king. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I can't tell you how uncomfortable I am with this attention. But thanks for <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you guys both soon. See ya. Take care. That was great. Uh, Brendan and Josh. So I, good. Mad, mad respect for both guys. Yeah, mad respect for both. And guys. Brendan did great. Did always, Brendan's, Brendan. Yeah, you know, I didn't ask him if it was his first uh, foray into. It was. I kind of think that he has done it once. 
So, but it, we've been doing this now for a long time at this point. So it's been fun, and it gives me a chance to get two people on that I, I consider friends and smart, and we yeah. uh, we go from there. And he was throwing Josh shade. It was that hilarious. Was very good. <laughs> Always good. How hard is that, really? Though? <laughs> I know. It's really, that's the reason why we have Josh on. Yeah. It's like, come on, we got a, somebody we can make fun of for yeah, 15 minutes. and he's a great sport about oh, it. Oh, he absolutely is. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one time with teachers. With class sizes, like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one help a lot of students need. A 12-to-1 student-to-faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.